It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. The Horror Attic Podcast. It's a deep dive into horror movies, memorabilia, and monster monsters. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. Crank up the sound. And welcome, and welcome to, the to the attic. It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Attic. How you doing? I'm Ray. We are joined, as usual, with, well, you've never met them. So we've got Paul here and Anthony here. And we are going to talk about horror movies, mostly 80s. We're going to talk about collectibles. Well, Paul, why don't you tell them what we're going to be talking about? Uh, It's going to be a broad range every week. Uh, We're going to just kind of wing it. We're going to do top fives. We're going to do brackets, surfing the web, collectibles, like you said. We're going to run some polls on Facebook, Twitter, and Put your feedback on the pods. Before we really get into more, why don't and, and we're going to introduce Anthony here in a second. But why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and how you got into this eighties horror collectibles things uh, like that? I'm going to thank my godmother. You know, it was a nice day back in '84, and she wanted to take me to a nice movie. You know, I was 13 years old, and she took me to Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter. <laughs> It wasn't Back to the Future. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't on Golden Pond. It was yes. a, a horror Yes, and at that flick. time, yeah. I hadn't even seen one before. And at the beginning of the final chapter, they show a rehash of all the deaths from the first two, and I was crapping my pants. I would have went home, but, you know, I stuck it out and just fell in love with it. And, you know, I was a teenager in the 80s, which is the golden age of slashers, so... That was it. It all took off from there, you know, started collecting maybe not figures back in the 80s, but, you know, the VHS tapes and posters, and that was it. You know, the older I got. There's a lot we can unpack with Paul, because I've known you for a while, and you've got posters upon mm-hmm. posters and action figures, or or is that what we call sure. them? Action figures or collectible yeah, dolls. It's up to you. I mean, I had, I had a Barbie when I was a kid, but I, I called oh, it an action nice. figure. You just so the boys didn't Ken, make fun of me. Ken. Yeah, exactly. Now, Anthony, how did you get into this? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and why you're part of this podcast. Well, um, I would say back in 1989, I was with my family in Wisconsin, and my cousin decided to put on this tape for us to watch at night. And I was like, okay, well, what are we going to watch? And he's like, it's a movie called Evil Dead 2. I said, what's Evil Dead 2 about? And he's like, you just have to experience it and then let me know if you like it. Soon as I watched, I was glued. Next morning, I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning after watching Evil Dead 2, and I watched it again. And then that afternoon, watched it again. I was hooked on horror films. Any way I can get my hands on a horror film, I did. It was from Halloween to Nightmare on Elm Street. I just totally fell in love with the horror genre. So let's jump ahead here a little bit. So what have you taken and and done with your infatuation with the horror drama, uh, the horror uh, dramas and and movies and things like that? Anthony? Well, I mean, Anthony's directing, yeah. Yeah, I've done a couple independent horror films, um, which have been quite an experience, um, I would say that. But it's just my love for like the horror genre itself, um, from the directors and how they make films and why they make films and the reactions from the crowd. And like Paul, you collect a lot, a lot of stuff yes, too. Yes, I have. Let's just say I've got a house full of stuff from top to bottom, from the addict 
to the basement filled with boxes. I have so much stuff, to be honest, I forget what I have. Well, that's a little bit about them. Uh, what more we're going to get into uh, as as the show progresses here uh, each week or every other week as we do this. What can they expect from us, Paul? It's just going to be from a fan's perspective. I mean, we're the same as everybody else, you know, on the other Facebook fan pages. Uh, it's just a matter of reaching them and letting them hear what they want to hear, you know, let them be a part of it, you know, polls. And we're going to talk like everybody else talks. You know, let's move on here a little bit, because I think as we continue to go, people are going to learn a little bit more about us. I mean, I haven't said a whole lot about me. Uh, I love movies. I've got a long background history in in broadcast communications. Uh, But like a lot of people's, including including your wife, uh, (laughs) a lot of these horror movies are going to be new to me. You know, I'm kind of help orchestrate this, but I'm going to be learning a lot. And I find it all interesting because I love movies and, and I love to talk, as you can tell. So as we progress forward, I'm going to learn a lot of stuff, just like everybody else is going to learn that they might not know. Because you guys got a little insight on a lot of the stuff that's happening or has happened with a lot of these movies. So it's going to be an interesting run. Uh, but one thing that we're going to try to do here Every uh, every broadcast is the uh, top five. One, 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 one. <laughs> two, two. Oh, 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 oh. three. three. <laughs> <laughs> it's the horror attic top five. <laughs> what is our top five this week? All right, Paul? let's see. Um, me and Anthony talked about it, and this is what we got for our top five subject matter this week: is horror movies based on specific days of the year. Oh, that's good because Christmas is, uh, you know, right around well, the corner um, here. You know, yeah. We got New Year's right around the corner. We got Valentine's Day coming up. I mean, there's a whole bunch. Well, of yeah, stuff. they all happen during the course of the year. So yeah, it's you, they you, do. You can't you can't Every go year, wrong. Yeah, happen. you pick a day. It's going to happen no, this year. You can't so. run from it. All right, so let's uh, let's start with our top five movies based on a specific day of the year. And like my birthday's the seventeenth. So we have. Do we have one based on the? Uh, not a chance. December. No, 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 that's that's, oh, that's okay. got no value right. for us. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sucks. Yeah. Okay. All you right, know what? Go. We're going to start off with an honorable mention. We got a couple of them here. Um, first honorable mention is going to be prom night. You know, everybody's lucky night there. But so these didn't make no. it into the top five. But these are other ones based yeah, on they're dates. Close. I mean, other eighty geeks like us. You know, they're they're going to be in their top ten for sure. I mean. No doubt. I mean, Prom Night's got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. I mean, classic Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, I mean, Anthony, I mean, he's a geek for that one. Uh, and then the other one would be uh, Happy Birthday to Me. Okay, so that could have been, that could be any anybody's uh, birthday. Yeah, if you want it to be yours, Ray, then. Yeah, take a All look right. at the poster. You'll understand what that movie's going to be about. Shows a guy with his mouth open getting ready to get stabbed in the mouth with a shish kebab. It should have been like a cake server because they're yeah. pointing. No, that's it. We're going to go with those two for right now. Uh, number five on our list, uh, absolute classic, April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Well, of course you haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. I'm sure Anthony uh, has. Yes. A few times. Mm-hmm. We're talking the top five, and I'm sure there's a lot of other horror movies based on days of the year. Why is this one number five? You know... <sighs> When we were talking about the top five, you know, we kind of wanted to pick not necessarily the most popular, but ones, you know, not the obscure ones, a lot of ones that people have seen. So 
April Fool's Day, I mean, a lot of the actors and actresses in that are in other horror movies. Um, they're very well known. It was produced by um, the same producer that uh, did all the Friday the 13th, so it kind of has that feel to it. And it's got a great twist at the end. I mean, it's it's the twist of all twists in horror movies. Number four. Oh, My Bloody the- Valentine. Total movie for the lovers. Oh, yeah. Is it a good date night? movie well, you know what watch it with your girlfriend you'll find out it's a good uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my girlfriend doesn't oh my like God. these movies you're a match made Either. in heaven well i can't say you know i can't say that i don't like them that's not that's not the case it's just i would rather laugh than be scared that's me well it depends on how you take the horror you know yeah slashers are not your you know scaring you out of the seats you know slashers are you know straight in your face death they most of them have the same formula just different takes on it i mean they're not going to scare you out of your seats you may look at it and just say oh god Ugh. you'll enjoy them you should try one i mean for all the ones that i've thrown at you when we've gotten together i mean you haven't seen anything you know i i think part of it i guess maybe hey we're now let's let's sit back and lay down on the couch and we'll we'll discuss me here a little bit i think part of the problem was when i saw some of these whether it be Friday the 13th or, or Halloween, I was a wee young lad. And, you know, just hearing that cha-cha-cha-cha-cha scared the bejeebies out of me. I think it's just carried on into my adulthood where I've never watched a whole lot of them as I've gotten older. You would think you would have grown out of that. Well, it's just one of those things where I was like, well, I well, I remember watching that as a kid and scared the bejeebies out of me and I didn't sleep for a week, so you, I don't know. You never have the itch like during Halloween time to like put on a horror film or they have a party and say, okay, let's put on a couple horror films and you know see how people react to them. Um, I don't have a lot of friends, really. That's true. That's so true. I don't get invited to a lot of parties, so I think that's part of the problem yeah. there. He'll call me, hey, can I oh. come over? Yeah. All right, moving on. We're talking about the... Uh, the top five movies, uh, horror movies that are based on a specific day of the year. We're down to number three. Oh, with it's that the ball. time of the season. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Now, this one you have to see by the weekend. Oh. You would absolutely love it. You know, watch it with the kids, your nieces and nephews. They're going to love it. Yep. And this movie was actually, uh, there was a lot of picketing during the time this film came out. Because parents hated this film. I mean, it, it caused quite a stir when it came out. Because of the, the content of it, the, the time of the year content yes. of it? Yes, it's the time of the year and the message that it sends to young children. If you're naughty or nice, even if you're nice. Oh. That's oh. why it's so popular now. Well, fortunately, if anybody's got Amazon Prime, it's on Amazon Prime for $1.99. It's on iTunes. It's on Voodoo. And uh, you can even watch it on YouTube. So. It's a must own. It it is. You know, numerous sequels, but you know what? Just focus on number one. It's a good one. It really is. Number two. Yeah, number two and number one was kind of a flip flop, but we got to go with Friday the Thirteenth as number two. It pains me just because I'm a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan, but I'm also a huge Halloween fan. But number one is legit. You know that deserves to be there but friday 13th number two and anthony what do you think about that what do you think of the list so i think the list is perfect uh that's one thing we agreed upon it was when we came up with the list it was one of the easiest lists to make it was easier than making a grocery list you better like the list right there we knew (laughs) i know we both came (laughs) up with it so that's why i'm saying i mean so number one we've said halloween oh yeah yes that's it john carpenter classic i mean it it just 
you know, when you watch that, you actually get the feel, you know, of the fall. I mean, we grew up in the Midwest, so we know what the sense of fall is rather than, you know, somebody in California or Arizona. It just, <laughs> it feels cold, it feels wet, you know, and you got the leaves flying around. It's just the perfect, perfect movie for the perfect uh, time of the year. I mean, who doesn't like fall? Uh, I like fall because it's good fishing. Then That's I right. Guess. You are a fisherman. Yeah. He's hooked on it. Yeah. And believe it or not, I have fished with somebody, and this could be from a horror movie. Uh, I fished with somebody, and they caught a prosthetic leg. Really? Yep. Got snagged, started jerking on it, pulled it up, and there was a prosthetic leg there. We had to call the police and everything. Yeah. No, I'm serious. And then another time, it was around Halloween we were fishing, and an eddy is when water kind of circles around. It hits some mm-hmm. rocks and circles. Well, we're kind of in the middle of this river. And over to the side, there's, you know, the water's kind of running and there's this eddy and we see something circling right like on the edge of the shoreline. And we're like looking at it going, what the hell is that? And I'm like, that looks like a skull. And of course, we're like, that's crazy. It can't be a skull. But based on where we were fishing, you never know. They've pulled bodies out of there before. So we cruise over to it. And sure enough, it was a skull, but it was like a foam skull that somebody had chucked in the river from a Halloween decoration. So you never know. That could be a a movie, Anthony. Fishing horror movie. Yeah, like Deadliest Catch. There you go. Deadliest Catch. Catching a prosthetic. That's pretty good. I mean, that would be... Did he take a picture? Oh, yeah. We got pictures of them both. Now, did anybody have, like... Who was missing it? Did they ever find out? Did you put up posters or anything like that? I don't know if they ever found it. You know, a description. Leg found. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. What do you have tucked away under the stairs? We're doing the money. It is time to clean house. In a box in the basement. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Is it worth some bucks? It's time for the collector's corner in the horror attic. You know, one thing about the horror attic podcast, and we have this collector's corner, is because we're currently building a website where you can post your stuff up there to sell if it's original uh and and, i mean it's got to be in good condition doesn't it paul i mean really that's up to the seller i mean the number one thing is is that we want authentics you know nothing that people you know make in their basement or garage and you know it's stuff i'm a big collector anthony's a big collector and going to ebay and trying to search through the fakes and authentics just you know you type in something and 1000 items comes up this site is going to be for what we look for it's not going to be like a facebook marketplace or like you say like an ebay where there's a, a plethora of different stuff all over this is a website focused solely on horror movie uh, horror memorabilia uh, horror genre stuff that's it you're not going to find anything else from any of the other movie genres you're not going to see bicycles on there unless maybe it was a bicycle no, used in no. a movie or something um, no this is going to be open not anybody's going to be able to get an account it's going to be a vendor basically it's going to be a horror flea market where right vendors will apply for an account they will get it and they post their authentics on there, there'll be movie posters, figures, CDs, VHS tapes. There'll be just 
a bunch of stuff on there, but they must be authentics. No burned copies of DVDs or CDs or anything like that. It's just going to be authentics. But this is going to be this is going to be cool for people who want to sell their stuff that are already collectors. But Correct. We might have a lot of people that love the genre, never thought about getting into collecting stuff, and they want to you know build their collection, or they're looking for that one specific thing that they they're they're missing to add to their collection it, it might end up on there you know yes the hard to so. finds i mean the yeah the hard to finds i mean we're gonna see how it goes you know we'll start it up at some point here you know within the next maybe two to three months and just build it up from there and that will well be it's the a go-to. pretty big project yeah it's a pretty big project yes. where uh it's not going to happen overnight uh but people can keep uh, listening to the podcast uh checking the website uh, thehorroraddict.com, uh, and we'll keep people updated. Of course, you can check out the Facebook. We have a Facebook group uh, that's access to the public, so just look up The Horror Addict on the Facebook, and uh, you can find us there. We'll let you join the group. Of course, there'll be updates on there. Uh, and like like we said, there's going to be collectibles on there, posters. And, Paul, you got, you're got you stoked. You just got something cool, didn't you? Oh, I was doing handstands the other day. <laughs> you know, my wife was wondering, you know, what was going on, you know, that I had, you know, maybe I had a gift for her. I won the lottery, but I picked up the box from the porch, and she's like, oh, no. And then I opened it up because on the outside said Big Bad Toy Store, and she knew what it was. And I finally got my Creep Show Creeper figure in. I've been waiting on that one for a while. I saw People were posting it on Facebook that they got your, they got theirs, and I hadn't, but I got it. I mean, I I couldn't be happier. Is this something that just came out, or, yeah, or is it a classic thing? Oh, it's a new thing then. Okay, yep, it's new. Anthony, so, you did know, you get yours? Uh, I haven't picked that up yet. It's on my want <laughs> list, so I will have. They're, to they're get all it. gone. You know, I'll sell it to yeah. you. It'll be on the store. <laughs> 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 a little markup, a little markup, maybe. Anthony, you mentioned you got a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you you're going to be willing to part with on the uh, store or, or or anything? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I've got a couple doubles of certain things that I can part with. Um, so I think I think I'll be. It'll be not too hard on some things, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that I would never part with. Um, well, the first so. thousand items on there will be from Anthony's basement. So let me ask you you this, you know, because I've collected um, sports cards over the years and I kind of have an idea of what kind of value I have. So both of you, if you were to put a a dollar value on the amount of stuff you have, uh, what are we looking at? Are we looking at sending a kid to college? Are we looking at uh, buying a a BMW uh, in, in memorabilia and stuff, each of you? I mean, I would value wise. I mean, it depends on where you're getting the value from. If it's from sure. eBay, you know. But it also depends on you know. People always look at what's recently purchased and the condition it is. It's not like baseball cards. How like if you look at a baseball card and if it's not graded, mostly collectors don't have their figures graded at all. Hold your Ray. Really, now baseball cards. That's something different, but. As a horror fan, you're going to like it if it's in a box or out of box. But just your preference on what you want. Do you want it extremely mint? Which, you know, there's tricks. That's that hard to get. Yeah. yeah, that's especially unless you get it like soon as it comes out. Other than that, trying to find something extremely mint on eBay. No. It's it's pretty rare. You know, we go to the cons a lot and we do have dealer tables there and we do have figures out, but... 
maybe one out of every five will buy it if it's out of the package. You know, if you're collecting figures, I mean, I showed you pictures, Ray, of my basement here with them all hanging on the wall. Every yeah. I've never opened up anything since the 80s. So you yeah. would suggest, though, that if, if somebody wants to get into collecting items, don't open them. Don't open them. Yeah. yeah it's it's kind of like uh, if you remember what the starting lineup craze was, starting mm-hmm. lineup sports figures. Yeah. That's one of the, as a kid, I used to collect those like they were, you know, candy. Biggest mistake was opening them up. But as a kid, I didn't pay attention to the value. I mean, but if you look at it today, sure. it's like, what did you do? But you guys aren't, you know, you guys are, are, are fans of the genre. So you're not, most of the time you're not buying these to, to, to resell. No. You know, they're Correct. part of your collection. You've got them on shelves. So whether you opened them or not doesn't really mean anything to you. And if you decided someday, ah, I'm done with this, I'm, you know, 65 years old and, you know, I got to Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> they're going to be in my casket with me in the box. I can yeah. use that for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to be buried in a pod. <laughs> Wait, but Paul, remember, I'm a I'm a horror collector. So if you go before me, I don't know what's going to be buried with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going. I'm not going to your funeral home. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm the last. My one wife to let would you get down. rid of them. She'd Actually, sell them day one. That was one. the question I was going to ask. Does your wife know the value of everything? Uh, yeah. You know, one day we were down here uh, watching TV and she's looking over there and, you know, she just, I'm hanging a new figure up and she's just like, oh, you know, she just, she doesn't get it. She's not a huge horror fan. You know, I just go on eBay and I'm like, okay, you know, see that I have an original Halloween poster, you know, that is anywhere from, and I'm pretty broad on it, you know, anywhere from two to 800 bucks. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, then it starts to pique her interest. And I go, okay, see that Jason uh, Cinema of Fear from Friday the 13th Part 6? That's a hard one to find. A mind is mint. You know, that yeah. right there is two to three hundred. It all depends. I mean, you can put a price on it. It's finding the buyer to pay yeah. that price. And sure. that's, yeah. that's hard. When did each of you guys start collecting all this stuff? Was it when you were kids or... Not until you were a little bit older and had some expendable income to start picking some of this stuff up. Now, I would say mine started in when the movie Maniacs came out, which was what, Paul, 97? When, like, the Leatherface came out from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then you had the Jason, and right there it was like, wow, I'm in love with horror films. Now they have action figures, and it started, and you just wanted more. I kind of remember growing up when... These started to become big deals. I mean, what would you say it was? The the late 80s, early 90s was when these really started coming out and, and becoming a thing? Uh, Figure-wise, yes. 90s, yeah. 80s, there there wasn't anything. There was more. The 80s was the Star Wars craze. And the I, had a, uh, I had a Frankenstein when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You probably a, don't want to know what it's worth now. I had a rubber Frankenstein. And uh, I had him on a string, and I would swing him around, and he landed on my roof, and that was the last I saw of him. You know, I, I would say my first time that I really started getting into the collectors was the Sideshow collectibles. You know, back in the day, they were the only ones that really did the first uh, Jason figures that came out for Part 3, and they have since, you know, lost their license and don't produce the same figures. What are they, 12-inch, Anthony? Yeah, they're about 12 inches. 12 inch and i think i paid like 
eighty bucks back in the day, which was. I but, wish it was eighty you know, now. <laughs> but some of them, I mean, you look at the value of them, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that'd be really nice. But I, I just can't part with them. I, if I have two or three of one, yeah, no problem. Yeah, you'll be lucky if you can find two or three of them. That's the thing, also. Yeah, it's it's tough. Those are but, tougher. Who's the big maker of of these collectible figures? Neca. Neca, yeah, Neca. Um, they're the ones Mc- right now. McFarlane's it, it's kind of died out with the last yeah, couple it years. Has. I mean, there's been other com- companies like um, Mezco when they did the Cinema of Fear. Those were always good action figures. Um, NECA's really got the market, though, right now. I mean, they're they're super nice figures. I mean, you look at them. I'll show them to my wife, and, I mean, they look realistic. Didn't you just pick up a a NECA figure, Anthony? Uh, Yes. Actually, I picked up the NECA Friday 13th Part 2 Jason. Now, is is it an old one, or is this something that just came out? No, it's an older one. It came out maybe five, six years ago. Part of the cult classics. So is, where where did you find something like that at? I, I just looked up on eBay, and that's to be honest, those are the places you're going to find it right now. Is like eBay, possibly Amazon, or if you're lucky and there is an old collector's toy store, you might. But but soon people will be able to go to the horroraddict dot com and find things like that, and it's just going to be horror movie stuff. It's not going to be, like I said earlier, it's not going to be bicycles. It's it's not no. going to be somebody's crafts that they're selling. It's going to be authentic stuff. Uh, the stuff that we're talking about, stuff that you got to dig hours and hours and hours to find through eBay, or you might get lucky on Facebook Marketplace. The nice thing about the Horror Addict, it's all going to be right there, and it's going to be posted up there and sold by people who are really into this, just like you guys, right? Yeah, collectors like us that have extras are willing to part with it and you know we're going to put a big invite out to the other vendors that we know from the cons you know they took a big hit this year with covid and with no cons you know that's where they make their living you know they don't even have other jobs they go around to the cons to sell their figures and collectibles and you know maybe we can help out a little bit so in the meantime what people need to do is they need to go to facebook and look up the horror addict group and uh, let us know you want to be part of that we'll add you to that group uh we'll keep people updated right on there you find out when the store is going to launch any progress like that plus we're going to be posting polls and other things that we're talking about on the show right here so find that on facebook it's the horror addict group the horror addict podcast let the discussion begin i don't know what we're yelling about it's the horror addict podcast and we come now to our final discussion. Hopefully there's no yelling between you guys, all right? Uh, but tonight, tonight we are talking about Jaws. And there's a specific reason we're talking about Jaws. Paul, why don't you explain that? Last week was my first dive on uh, the Horror Movies group on Facebook. And I saw a topic there where um, somebody had posted the most overrated horror movies. I'm scrolling down, and some of them made sense, and then I came to Jaws on there. I'm a bit protective of that movie. That's my great, That's my favorite movie of all time. And I posted something on there where I thanked the poster for that, of his opinion, and he had lost all credibility on that site. And I happened to get torn apart <laughs> by this 
female, I'm not going to say any names, and a lady. Oh, she tore into me. You know, people have their rights to opinions and blah, 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 blah. I mean, a lot of people back me up on it. For horror fans of 70s, 80s, 90s, now, Jaws is not in your top three, top five. I mean, it is a, it's a perfect movie. It's and a classic. It's a classic. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. Anthony, so what do you, do you agree on this, Anthony, or not? Uh, I disagree with that woman, to be honest. I mean, it sounds like she slapped, slapped him just like the movie in the face, but that makes absolutely no sense if she tore apart Jaws. What is wrong with Jaws? Nothing. It wasn't the fact that she was tearing Jaws apart. She was jumping on me because, you know, I thank the guy for saying that, that he had lost all credibility on that site. She jumped on me for kind of getting on his opinion. When you do diss on Jaws as a horror movie, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of credibility. We're in agreement then that Jaws is a great horror movie between you two. Uh, and there's a lot of people that back you up on the social media. What makes Jaws the uh, perfect quintessential horror movie? Start with that, Anthony. You're the director. You got a little bit more insight than me. I would say the the casting, the atmosphere, of course the music. Gotta love the music, you know. The... I mean, it set up so much. Um, and then, matter of fact, that film scared so many people that they wouldn't go in the ocean, they wouldn't take a bath, they wouldn't go swimming. They wouldn't. They wouldn't take a bath. <laughs> Maybe the, I don't think that has anything to do with the movie. I think they were just dirty people. <laughs> it's it's like almost like the psycho effect. That's how big Jaws was. I mean, you think about it. I mean, look it up. I mean, Jaws was the quintessential first summer blockbuster. That was the first. It was a phenomenon. You know, the marketing, everything. I mean, Jaws was it. I mean, it was in the theater for what, a year? It started a movement. I mean, you wouldn't have blockbusters nowadays if it was not for Jaws. Was this one of Richard Dreyfuss's first movies? What I mean, he had been in a few before that. But was this the movie that really catapulted his career? Oh, yes. 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 And he, he agrees with it. If you watch any interview with him, when he speaks about Jaws, he takes it very personal. Um, just from the um, co-actors of his through the film, everything that it's done for his career, uh, the jobs it's gotten him further. Uh, he absolutely loves this film. Uh, he had a movie that was being released, and he hated the way that he acted in it. And originally, he had turned down Jaws, and they were moving on from him, and his movie came out, and he thought he was terrible in it and didn't think he was ever going to get another acting job. So he called Spielberg back and just said, yeah, you know what, I'll take it. I'll take it. So with Jaws, you know, we're classifying this mm -hmm. as a horror movie. Uh, I'll be honest, as, as, as a person that's not really um, into horror movies, I would have never guessed that Jaws was a horror movie. I would say it was more of a suspense thriller. It could fall in that category. But uh, a horror movie, I mean, there's a lot more to it than, than the average person knows with it. I know, Paul, you're a big fan of the, the score of the movie. Oh, yes. It just, and I think everybody knows this, you know, the iconic this, you know what I mean? The, John Williams. When that was when that was playing, you knew the shark was coming, or something was coming, of course. But to get more into the movie, this was not just a, a regular fish movie. 
There was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you guys know about that I don't think a lot of people know about because you you and I have talked about it, and I didn't know half of this stuff. If everybody knew, well, I'm sure a lot of you know the true fans do know what went into this movie. I mean, they were literally writing the script the morning that they were going to be filming that day. I mean, there were so many issues on it. You know, you watch that movie without the score... It, it's boring. It would be really it would be really <laughs> boring. Whereas John Williams, you know, he got the movie there and came up with that. I mean, the rest is history. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it was a, a perfect storm of all these issues that they had on the movie. The shark not working and actors getting in fights and arguments all the time and you know, the boat and equipment sinking. It is endless, the issues on that. If you really knew, you would be astonished. I mean, I think the movie would have a lot more weight. You were telling me something about the barrels. Refresh my memory on that. I don't know if Anthony knows this. He probably does. There, There's actually a documentary called The, Sh- the Shark is Still Not Working. And the shark never worked. You know, it was made of latex and had a lot of fragile components on the inside where the salt water would decay and eat it up. And at the end of the movie, there was supposed to be a lot more of the shark. Well, it didn't work. So they substituted the visuality of the shark and substituted it with yellow barrels for a majority of it. Those barrels really, uh, you know, you knew the shark was attached to them, but there was no shark. There was no shark because it was not working. So, you know, we've had uh, the Meg, Sharknado, these other shark movies. Do you think with the technology we have now, could they remake the movie shot for shot? and use a, a digital shark. Anthony? They, they could make it, but everything's a copy of Jaws. If you look at all these shark movies, it's they're trying to emulate Jaws somehow. But would it be as good? Would it be as good without the robot shark, the fake shark, even the thought of there is a shark, but there's not a shark? They're not even close. It'd be almost like, what, Jaws 3D, the images coming from Jaws 3D, just a total joke. Do they actually use any sharks? Real sharks in Jaws? Yes. You know, at the end of the movie, they had hired some shark experts, and they had gone down to Australia to actually film Great Whites. It was footage that was inserted in the end of the movie where you saw the actual shark, like, swim by the cage. You know, that that is a live shark. Mm-hmm. But the, the fins out in the in the water, no. was it, were, those weren't real at all? No. The shark was actually built, like, on a sled. And they would drag the sled, and it had like a pulley arm that would raise and lower the fin. So there was a big sled that they would mount on the bottom of the ocean. You know, they weren't out that deep. And the pulley would bring the shark fin up, bring it down, you know, when it swam by the boat and everything. Anthony, what is your favorite scene from Jaws? I would say towards the end, um, just when... um, He's going to shoot the shark, and you know he's finally won the battle. He's laying down on the boat that's been sinking and everything, and he's eyeing it up through his rifle there. Mm-hmm. It just comes to you that like he's fought this battle for so long and has dealt with everything from the town to his own personal dilemmas with his family, and now you know he's the hero. Basically, saved the island. They started out as a geek and afraid of water, and at the end of it, you know, he's laying in the water. And what's your favorite scene, Paul? All two hundred, all two hours of it. But my, 
<laughs> two hours. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> my favorite scene would probably be the two local fishermen throwing the roast out <laughs> on they you know, they're trying to catch the shark and they throw it out and Jaws obviously well Bruce, that's the name of the shark. He Wait, uh, wait, what what? The name of the shark is Bruce. <laughs> they named it Bruce. <laughs> they named the shark Jaws Bruce. Yeah, his name's Bruce. I did not know that. You know, he takes the roast and start. It, it's just the suspense of it. You know, you see the chain going out, and you see the barrel or the tire going out, and then it yanks the mm-hmm. dock out, and then the guy, you know, one of the fishermen is on top of it, and then he falls off, and then the dock goes out and starts to turn around with this creaking noise and starts coming back. At, oh, it's yep, yeah. That, I mean, that scene is great. Well, I'm glad they didn't call the freaking movie Bruce because that that would have been horrible. If they would have called the movie Bruce, Bruce come on. Bruce. <laughs> All right, before we wrap it up, though, we're, we're talking Jaws, but now there's more than one Jaws. This could be a whole other conversation, of course. We've got Jaws 2, Jaws 3, D, whatever. Did they go downhill or did they get better as they made them? Because everybody always says, the sequels suck. Oh, come on. I mean, most recently they got the Wonder Woman 1984, and everybody says 1984 sucks compared to the first Wonder Woman. Not that we're talking about that, but with with the Jaws, did the Jaws get better or did they get worse? They got they got progressively worse, but each one of them, none of them are going to compare to number one. Each one of them has their points. I mean, Jaws two is continuation really connected to Jaws one. Jaws three is kind of off on its own. It's a cheese fest, but I absolutely love it. It's a great popcorn movie. You know, I can watch that one a lot. Same thing with Jaws Revenge. I mean, it's it's like Jaws Revenge. You know, the acting is not bad, but the story is brutal. You know, I have a weakness for uh, bad movies. You know, I like to watch some of them, but Jaws, I love all four of them. I mean, obviously, most in part one and get a little bit less as you go, but I'm a fan of the whole series. What'd you think, Anthony? Uh, I thought one and two were great. Part three was fun, you know. Uh, to be honest, like when I was younger and the first time I ever went to SeaWorld, that's the first thing I thought of was Jaws 3D. And I'm like, this would be wonderful if they had something like this, like hoping like something like that was going to happen, <laughs> you know, while I was down there. It's funny you say that because I was down there as a kid and they were building that underwater tunnel for Jaws. Uh, of course, it was all blocked off and everything, but it said, you know, future scene from Jaws being filmed here. So I thought, oh, that was cool. And then I couldn't wait to actually see the movie. And did you? Oh, yeah. No, I saw the movie. My dad was a big Jaws fan. That I mean, and, and that's why I guess maybe I never looked at it, I guess, as a layperson that's not a big into horror movies, because my dad loved Jaws. So it was just one of those things. If Jaws was on, the old man had it on. Whether it was one, two, three, it didn't make a difference. My dad loved Jaws. Oh, somebody in that family's got taste. Yeah. And he would always do the... Uh, you know, even when, as a kid, when we were out in the pool and whatnot, he would always do that. So oh, yeah. Jaws is one of those movies, uh, for me that has just been part of my life yeah. uh, growing up because my dad was into it and I never really thought of it as a horror movie. Sure. There was some blood, a little bit of gore, but not like what you're seeing nowadays. You know what I mean? No, I think it was more of the, the mental, uh, image, the mental picture, the stress that the movie caused you when you were watching it to make it give that flavor. You know what I mean? The music and even the acting, you know, the acting was, I thought was perfect for it. Like the beginning of the film going out for a swim and then her just getting dragged around by the shark. 
I mean, how, how scary would that be? Like, anytime you get in the ocean, what is the first thing you think of? Sharks. You think of Jaws. So that's already in your mind after seeing these films. Well, next time you go to the beach, Anthony, you know, get your waterproof headphones on and put the Jaws soundtrack <laughs> and go swimming out there and see how long they last. Yeah, just go swimming and, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around and swim like this, yeah. You know, and then, and then, you know, this guy's dead, isn't he? Well, I'm the to you, fair Spanish ladies. I mean, was that one of the last films that um, he did? I think yeah, it was, he wasn't died it? in 78. Robert Shaw. He had he had done uh, I think it was the Avalanche Express was his last movie but yeah in regards to Jaws that was the last biggie that he had filmed unfortunately died of a heart attack. Well, that's I, I learned a little bit. I hope everybody else learned a little bit. You know the thing about a shark he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes like a doll's eye. The Horror Attic Podcast has been produced and directed by Radio Communications. All opinions expressed are that of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of Radio Communications. This program may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not been specifically authorized by the copyright owner and are being used under the Fair Use Act. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember... Always look over your shoulder, don't walk down a dark street at night, and always stay scared.